Good afternoon and good evening to our friends in Palestine. Um, I am Catherine Frankie, a professor at the law school at Columbia University and um, uh, one of the faculty uh, associated with the Center for Palestine Studies at Columbia. Um, welcome to what is a critical conversation that we will have over the next um, hour or so on conflating human rights advocacy with terrorism. Israel's designation of six Palestinian human rights organizations as terrorist organizations. Um, before we get started, uh, well, before we get started, let me also acknowledge that this event is co-sponsored between the Center, uh, the Center for Palestine Studies, the Center for Constitutional Rights, and the Institute for Palestine Studies. And we're welcome to, we're thrilled to have them as partners in putting on this important conversation. Um, as some of you are aware, who are closely affiliated with Columbia, we are in the midst of a, uh, a labor crisis uh, uh, at the university. Um, the university is in negotiations with our graduate student union, recently recognized graduate student union, and the students are on strike because of the deplorable behavior of the university, negotiating more as a union busting corporation than as a educational institution committed to treating all members of our community fairly as workers, as students, um, and as humans. And um, in conversations with the union about their demands for a living wage, for benefits that are, that are appropriate and humane, um, and for a range of other reasonable demands that other universities have recognized, we asked them if they would like us to cancel today's event, which many other organizations that Columbia have done in solidarity with the strike. And they said, no, please um, uh, begin the event by acknowledging the importance of the union negotiations, by acknowledging the deplorable behavior of the university. Um, um, but we, the union stand in solidarity with Palestinians, Palestinian activists and human rights actors. Um, uh, we are allies in these struggles together ac across borders. Um, uh, and many of the issues that are at stake at home are, are ones that Palestinians feel um, equally, if not in most cases, much more acutely. Um, so we, uh, with their blessing, we're proceeding with this event, but I just wanted to begin the event with an acknowledgement um, that we uh, are enduring um, our own more privileged in so many respects, um, but nevertheless important um, battles on campus as well. Um, and that this event takes place on that landscape um, uh, of, of issues at Columbia. Well, with that, I wanna pass off the baton to my wonderful colleague, Professor Rashid Khalidi, who is the Edward Said Professor of Modern Arab Studies at Columbia University, who will introduce our speakers and um, move us through the conversation. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Catherine. Um, thanks to the partner organizations who are helping to sponsor this, the ones that Catherine mentioned, the Institute for Palestine Studies, with which I'm also associated, and the Center for Constitutional Rights, which does such wonderful work. Um, let me introduce our three speakers. Um, the first is Sahar Francis. She is the director of Ramallah-based Al-Damir Prisoner Support and Human Rights Association, which is a Palestinian NGO that provides legal and advocacy support to Palestinian political prisoners in Israeli and Palestinian prisons. Uh, an attorney by training, she joined the association in 1998, first as a human rights lawyer, then as head of the legal unit, and he be she became the director uh, of Ad-Damir in 2006. 
She has over 16 years of human rights legal experience, including human rights counseling and representation. Ms. Francis was also on the board of Defense for Children International for four years. It's another one of the organizations that was sanctioned by the Israeli government. And she was on the board of the Union of Agricultural Work Communities, committees, sorry, yet another of the organizations that came under this attack. Um, Khaled Kuzman is the general director of Defense for Children International, Palestine. Uh, he joined uh, DCIP in 1995. Uh, he is also a lawyer, and he did so as a lawyer representing Palestinian children in military courts. He may say a little bit about that uh, later. Uh, he rose through the ranks of uh, DCIP uh, to become administrative and legal affairs director. He holds a master's degree in international human rights law and specializes in issues of juvenile justice and grave violations against children during armed conflict. He earned a master's of law degree in international human rights from the Irish Center for Human Rights at the National University of Ireland in Galway. Um, <clears throat> Maria Lahoud, uh, uh, Lahoud as she pronounces it correctly, <laughs> I gave it its, its Arabic pronunciation. Uh, Maria is the deputy legal director at the Center for Constitutional Rights where she represents Palestinian rights advocates facing suppression in the United States in cases such as Bronner versus Duggan, defending against a challenge to the American Studies Association resolution endorsing a boycott of Israeli academic institutions and the Jewish National Fund versus the Campaign for Palestinian Rights, a case challenging human rights advocacy under the uh, Anti-Terrorism Act. Um, we're gonna proceed as follows. Uh, I'm gonna ask uh, first Sahar, and then Khaled uh, to speak for five or 10 minutes um, about the work of their organizations and how they believe that this terrorist designation is meant to affect uh, the work or has already affected the work of their organizations. Uh, after that, uh, I'll ask Maria to uh, situate this, this, this designation by the Israeli government in the context of uh, American and, and Israeli uh, uh, of US anti-terrorism laws. Um, and I will ask each of you to speak for five or 10 minutes, Maria, maybe five minutes. Uh, then we will, uh, we will pose some questions to our three panelists, uh, Catherine and I will pose some questions. Uh, and then we'll leave a little time for Q and A. Um, we will be open for questions via the Q and A uh, feature of Zoom, uh, not via the chat function. So uh, Sahar, can I ask you to please go ahead the floor is yours. Yes. Yeah. Uh, good evening. And thanks, Rashid. Thanks, Catherine and the organizers. It's really very important opportunity for us to speak today about uh, this designation. But allow me first to highlight the fact that under the Israeli military orders, uh, lots of unions were declared as uh, illegal entities by the military orders and unionists were uh, imprisoned as well students, uh, uh, student unions in Palestine are uh, illegal and hundreds of students would be targeted because of their activism in their universities for their uh, uh, rights. So actually the uh, designation against the Domir and all the other uh, organizations is not a new step. It's a continuity of a long-term campaign, uh, uh, harassment and uh, distributing false information, uh, defamation, and so on against 
uh, us because of our work, like because of the importance of the work that these organizations are implementing on the ground. And the campaign is not just targeting these sex organizations. Maybe now we are designated, but we should put it in the context for uh, uh, again, like the attack that was launched against the uh, Palestinian civil society for decades now. Uh, more than 50 organizations in East Jerusalem were shut down in the 90s after the establishment of the uh, Palestinian Authority to put a political saying that the Palestinian Authority has no jurisdiction to be present and active in East Jerusalem. So uh, every time they have another political motivation and political reason why they should undermine the work of the civil society organizations. Uh, currently, I think the developments on the international level concerning the uh, work versus the International Criminal Court, the uh, uh, fact that the uh, prosecutor in the ICC declared that they will initiate the investigation in the Palestinian case, the fact that the UN published the blacklist, the success on the PDS movement uh, uh, campaign, all these uh, and the change on the paradigm of uh, apartheid, like now there's more focus that it's not anymore just a long-term occupation, but it's more a kind of apartheid regime. All these developments caused the Israelis to be more uh, uh, worried because of our work on the international level. And of course, other organizations, not just the Domir and the DCI and the Haq in this case, if we take the example of uh, uh, the health work committees or the agriculture work committees, their work in area C and maintaining the farmer uh, uh, in their lands and the constructions in the lands in area C would be the reason for the attack. So in our case, it's the work for all these three decades, more or less against the military court system in disclosing how uh, uh, unjust is this system how uh, uh, the occupiers cannot actually uh, uh, prosecute hundreds of Palestinian civilians under this military court system and pretend to be the only democracy in the occupied territories. The fact that we were talking a lot about the torture, the ill treatment, the arbitrary detention, the mass uh, uh, arrest campaigns and all the other violations that these prisoners face on the daily level, the fact that we are exhausting the UN system uh, uh, very, uh, uh, especially in the last couple of years with the, with the complaints that we are submitting, the complaints that we submitted to the ICC, as I said, against the uh, military system. So all this work uh, was, I think, the reason why we were attacked and and the office of Odomir was raided several times, like at least three times where they entered to the office in uh, 2012 and 2019. They ended up stealing uh, uh, more than 11 computers so far that we never got back and they were investigating the information. They never came and said, this is the results that we reached to in this investigation. Uh, I think this is a political uh, uh, manipulation of the uh, uh, um, 
the uh, Israeli uh, law of anti-terror of 2016, and uh, it should be highlighted that it shouldn't be implemented in the occupied territories. And uh, I think uh, so far they used this law because they are fully aware that this is, would be very effective on our work as organizations offering legal aid for prisoners in their courts, because actually by this they can attack our lawyers, our team that goes to the prison visits, the lawyers who implement the prison visit. And this was the immediate impact on our work that our lawyers were terrified, they were resigning, they were trying to start to work as individual lawyers, as private lawyers, and not to be associated because they could be easily arrested and criminalized in the Israeli courts as aiding and supporting illegal and terrorist entity. So far, our offices were not raided. Uh, our bank accounts were not freezed. And uh, no one so far was imprisoned. But this is, can be easily uh, implemented, especially after they also used the military order by uh, designating us according to the military order as illegal uh, entities. The impact of the, uh, uh, of the uh, uh, orders on the civil society, on the group that we service, of course, it will affect families of prisoners and prisoners under interrogation and in the military court and in the detention facilities. Uh, uh, so this is why we are trying to find alternative with the uh, support of other Palestinian NGOs that offer and work in the same uh, sector of prisoners. Thank you very much, Sahar. Um, Khaled, please, the floor is yours. Uh, thank you, Professor Rashid, and uh, thanks uh, to all the colleagues for organizing this important event. Uh, if I understand well the question, because there was cut in uh, the internet in, uh, with me, but uh, if I understand well the effects of the uh, designation and the military order, uh, I would not want uh, to repeat what Sahar mentioned, but it's applied also for what I, what our organization and even the others. But uh, just I stress on the point that uh, the, what happened uh, with the two uh, decisions, the Israeli Defense Minister uh, decision to uh, uh, label the organization as a, as a tourist organizations, and uh, the, uh, later on the Israeli uh, military commander, uh, military order uh, to designate the organization as illegal organizations. So uh, why two uh, decisions in the same time, within uh, two weeks? Uh, I don't know. It's something strange. And uh, I, we read it as, I consider it as part of the attacks against the civil society organizations against us, which uh, these at attacks started uh, maybe years ago, 10 years ago, uh, through Israeli right-wing groups like NGO Monitor, uh, Human Rights, uh, uh, UK Lords for Israel, and other uh, organizations, and uh, also from the Israeli Minist uh, Ministry of uh, Strategic Affairs and Ministry of uh, uh, Foreign Affairs. 
So uh, the escalation happened at least to talk about DCI in uh, July 2021, after they failed uh, the, all the, the attacks during the years to silent DCI. So uh, they raided the office in 29 of July 2021, uh, direct after a few hours of that, uh, raided the office and confiscating the computers. We complained to the Israeli military court and the Israeli military court uh, did, uh, I think, more than five hearing court without any uh, development in the court, just responding, responding the case until the designation of the organization as a terrorist organization, then they decided to reject our complaint because basically our organization is considered as a legal organization. So why illegal in the Israeli military system and why terrorists in the anti-terror law? Something is not clear until now. So the effects is really we are in a very critical time. Uh, our work is uh, in both sides under the Israeli military jurisdiction and under, in the, uh, under the Palestinian jurisdiction. Uh, the uh, designation is against the organization at all, all the work, all the staff. So uh, now, until now, we are working. Nothing happened until now, but we don't know what will happen. But if they try started to implement this, uh, these laws, the military order and the law, that will affect, of course, our work. Uh, first of all, in uh, our work in the Israeli military court, because, of course, we are working there in between their hands. They can stop, they can arrest the lawyers who are representing the organizations there, representing the prisoners, and also uh, our field workers who are documenting the violation children by the Israeli soldiers or settlers. Of course, they will be subject to uh, arrest uh, the same work that we are doing, we are yani, more than 70% of our work is under also under the Palestinian Authority. We are working to build a Palestinian uh, juvenile justice system, with, uh, working with lawyers, with, uh, with the juvenile prosecutors, juvenile uh, police. So this work will be also forbidden, will be even criminalized. Not only our uh, staff is criminalized, also those who are working with us, they will be criminalized. The children, we are working with hundreds of children uh, and to, 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 to raise their awareness, their, uh, uh, build their capacity on their rights and how to document the violation against their rights and how to become uh, human rights defenders. Those who are we, we, we are working with them to keep the hope with them because all the time they are under stress. We are targeting children in a certain area which is subject attacks from the settlers, from the Israeli soldiers every time. So now we are working with, since years we are working with new generation of the children in order to keep the hope, uh, to, to help them to become like, uh, to, to, to build their capacity to become human rights defenders. Those also, they will be criminalized and they will be subject to, uh, to arrest from the Israeli. So uh, I can say in general, or our staff, or our partners, or our beneficiaries, they will be yani, now are living under threat, and they will be subject to, uh, to arrest. And of course, uh, starting from us as a as a administration of the organization, and also our structure like the General Assembly and uh, the Board of Directors. So uh, all of us, we decided to continue 
regardless the decision, regardless the designation, we will continue our work. Uh, we, could, we are committed to our mission, are committed to our beneficiaries to continue work with them uh, until the, uh, something happened. Thank you very much, Khaled. Um, let me now turn to the American scene, um, or we will now turn to the American scene with, uh, with uh, uh, some observations by Maria Dahoud. I, I myself am of the opinion that like every element of the struggle over Palestine, this has uh, two arenas. It has the arena on the ground, which Khaled and Sahar have just filled us in on, and it has the arena uh, of the United States and Europe. And uh, I, 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 I honestly think that much of what is intended by this designation uh, has to do with this arena, uh, the United States. Uh, so let's hear from uh, let's hear from Maria, please, about how you think this fits into the context of American anti-terrorist laws. Maria, please. Thanks so much, Rashid. It's an honor to be here, part of this panel, especially with Sahar and Khalid. Uh, CCR is proud to have worked alongside Adamir and DCIP, as well as with Al Haq, groups that have been advancing human rights for decades under severe repression, which, as Sahar said, is exactly why they're continuing to escalate their ever more desperate attempts to, to crush the, the growing movement. And we've seen this here in the US too. Israel's apologists have been increasingly alleging false ties to terrorism to intimidate and silence critics alongside their claims that BDS and criticism of Israel in general are anti-Semitic. Groups have pressured financial services like PayPal and web hosting pl platforms like Zoom to suspend services with false allegations. Um, they've brought merit meritless lawsuits or urged the Department of Justice to investigate merit meritless claims just following the designations last week, a group called Shrahadeen threatened to sue a US foundation for aiding and abetting terrorism for funding some of these designated, newly designated uh, organizations. Shrahadeen is the Israeli Law Center. It's a nonprofit that's worked with Mossad and the Israeli Ministry of Strategic Affairs and has been trying to link Palestinian rights advocacy with terrorism for years. And they've also long threatened lawsuits against organizations supporting BDS or even considering it or even withdrawing from settlements. Um, you know, even though these lawsuits are meritless and absurd, the point is to stop support for Palestinians and, and the prospect of litigation itself or of false smears is intimidating and chilling for people. Um, we represent, CCR is currently representing um, the US Campaign for Palestinian Rights, one of the oldest Palestine solidarity organizations in the US in a civil case under the Anti-Terrorism Act brought by the Jewish National Fund and some US nationals living in Israel uh, who sued them. And if folks aren't familiar with the Jewish National Fund it basically predates Israel and taking Palestinian land to be used solely for the benefit of Jewish people. And the JNF is arguing that the US campaign should be liable for damages to land caused by incendiary kites and balloons launched from Gaza during the Great Return March. Based on allegations that the US campaign expressed support on social media for Palestinians' right to protest and demand their right to return, 
because it participated in a campaign to stop the JNF from dispossessing Palestinians of their land, and because it served as a time for fiscal sponsor in the US for the Boycott National Committee, which is a coalition of Palestinian civil society that supports global BDS campaigns. And because one of the BNC members uh, is another coalition made up of many Palestinian parties, one of which is Hamas. So, you know, they launch a, a press release stating that the US campaign is funneling donations to Hamas. It's all these false allegations. Again, this, this case was dismissed by the court as meritless. The court found the allegations were, quote, to say it, it, you know, to say the least, not persuasive, unquote. But the JNF has asked the court to reconsider. It's lost. It's now appealing to the DC Circuit. So, you know, it's even though it's meritless, again, it's a distraction and a nuisance and can be chilling. And, and that's its intent. Um, so I think, you know, we really need to be not to be chilled by these designations, by these campaigns to isolate um, Palestinians and to chill our speech. We really have to increase our support for the organizations and we need to turn what's otherwise a distraction from the human rights work and Israel's repression into an opportunity to put a spotlight on that repression and really demand action from the US government to pressure Israel. Um, one last quick point. Um, Sahar mentioned the ICC, you know, last June, Trump had issued an executive order declaring a national emergency and authorizing um, asset freezes and family entry bans against the ICC officials, explicitly because the ICC asserted jurisdiction over US personnel and certain of its allies because of the ICC case and investigation into, the, into Palestine. So, you know, then the US imposed sanctions on the ICC prosecutor and another ICC official, basically putting them on a list and saying any person making a contribution, even of services to designated people um, could be subject to civil and criminal penalties. So, I mean, that, you know, has been rescinded by Biden, but now we have Israel, you know, sort of eliminating the intermediary and just designating organizations engaged with the ICC. Great, thank you so much, uh, Maria. Um, I, I think that maybe now what we're gonna do is that Catherine and I will maybe direct a couple of questions uh, to the panelists, uh, followed, uh, which, will, which will then be followed by a chance for all of you who are uh, attending either uh, on Facebook or, or via Zoom to ask questions. Uh, I already see that there are a couple of questions uh, uh, in the Q&A function, which is where you should direct your questions. Um, Catherine, do you want to follow up with a question to any one of our panelists, or sh should I? Yes, uh, I have so many that I'm going to have to ration myself here. Go um, for it. <laughs> so, so for um, uh, Sahar and Khaled, Khaled um, the, the designation of being a terrorist organization by the Israelis is best challenged legally and or politically. What, what is the strategy domestically for your organizations to challenge that designation? Uh, I'm, I'm familiar with the way that the terrorism laws or the material support laws work in the US, um, but not um, under Israeli law. And I'm wondering what you're thinking without divulging too much of your strategy uh, in ways that you might not want to. But um, is, this, uh, is there a combined political and legal strategy and, and what might that look like? 
And then for Maria, um, I personally and many other people I know have been donors to these organizations that have now been labeled as terrorists by the Israelis. To what extent um, uh, does, the, does the Israeli designation of them with this particular moniker um, uh, affect the enforcement or the interpretation of US law in terms of, of punishing material support for, uh, for terrorist organizations domestically? Shall we go in the same order? Yeah. So uh, before answering you, Catherine, I think, thanks Maria for uh, your intervention. It's really the aim to terrify the donors, especially in the international level and the banks. The whole uh, issue was in order to affect our financial resources. Uh, uh, and we expect that much of low sues would come against banks, against every international organization that tries to keep the support uh, for us. On the level of the legal uh, strategy internally, uh, as I said before, all these decades we were working in front of the Israeli system, the military court system, and the Israeli civil system, mainly the uh, Israeli high court. And we know exactly that there's no guarantee for a fair trial procedure, no guarantee for due process when you talk about a system that relies on secret information. And in both designations, according to the Israeli anti-terror law and the military orders, they will use a secret file against us beside the evidences that they can disclose that we claim it's not enough. And this is actually was the, the dossier that was presented to the Europeans in May 2021, and they rejected it. And they said it's not a sufficient evidence for these allegations, and they didn't took it seriously. So uh, this is why most probably we wouldn't be involved in any legal uh, actions on the level of the law itself, uh, the 2016, which means we will not appeal uh, for the special committee. We will not petition the Israeli High Court. And I think uh, the same strategy would apply with the military uh, procedures, though we are still not uh, there yet. We don't have a final uh, decision on this. And this is why we are pushing on the political level. And this is the most important work now that we should push states, especially the United States, and the European countries to take action and to take a position, very clear position that they are not taking the Israeli decision and implementing it locally. Thank you. Um, I mean, I should first explain, you know, federal criminal law is enforced by the Department of Justice and prohibits knowingly providing material support to any group or individual designated by the US government as a terrorist or arguably their agents. And the US government has a master list of designated organizations, which none of these groups are on, but the PFLP is. Then there are civil laws, like I mentioned, which any individual or group can bring a suit themselves um, if, if they're representing an, a, a US national who's been injured by an international act of terrorism. So, I mean, first of all, we should, you know, we have to question the entire terrorism framework, which is inherently political. 
The state gets to determine who's a terrorist. The definition of terrorism is, itself is skewed. It's a you know, dangerous or violent criminal act to influence government policy by intimidation or coercion or uh, intimidate or coerce the civilian population. Um, but I think the important thing is here is really that we are, first of all, obviously there's no evidence has been, has, has been said for the, to support these designations, but also it's important, it makes the support um, for, for these groups important. We have to, you know, there have been hundreds of human rights groups that have come out to support them. There have been, there was just recently a hundred, over a hundred celebrities. There have been, you know, 17 special rapporteurs. Um, there has been an outpouring of support and, and condemnation of these, of these designations. Um, and we need to call more importantly on the US to basically condemn Israel, to stand by these organizations, to rebuke the designation and make that public um, so that people, so that people know what the U.S. government's position is, and you know there are obviously other things that that members of Congress can do and others, but I think the most important thing is that we're not chilled and that we are, you know, collectively continue to support the organizations. I would, I would just add that uh, I think it's interesting that a number of European governments to which the Israeli government submitted its so-called evidence for these terrorist designations have replied explicitly saying, there's absolutely no evidence here. You've given us no proof. Uh, this, is, this is shoddy and, and, and flimsy and there's nothing here. Uh, these include governments that are normally very supportive of even the most outrageous Israeli claims. Um, so, so far that's, that is that together with the things that Maria has said has been the response. Catherine, do you want you want to pose another question? Uh, you said you had a couple, uh, or should I should I go ahead? Maybe I'll, uh, I would. do you I'd want like to say to something? Add, please, uh, please go ahead. Words about uh, the so, uh, yani, since we are aware about uh, the reasons behind the designation, which is our work uh, in the ICC in the. Uh, the uh, companies list, uh, the UN uh, companies list, a blacklist, and also the work with the Congress and uh, everywhere exposing the Israeli policies. This is, uh, I think, this is the reason behind the two decisions. But why two decisions still is not clear. And uh, as a human rights organization working in the Israeli military system and even uh, with the Israeli High uh, Court. Uh, our experience uh, there is uh, we examined uh, these these uh, legal, legal framework uh, hundreds of uh, times years and uh, of course there is no justice for the Palestinian even with the normal cases what about cases with uh, legal uh, secret files so in the secret file they can yani, claim everything but how we can defend ourselves in, in front of such so for that we decided to keep the discussion about this uh, bath 
and uh, to focus more and more in our advocacy because already we are working advocacy and now they give us more platforms, more networks to work with, to expose the Israeli, not only the Israeli cri crimes against the Palestinian, but also about our case, about the designation. And uh, we receive uh, different uh, solidarity and support from different uh, uh, levels of the international community and we are happy about where we are now and we will continue in this uh, in this path thank you thank you Khaled. uh so catherine you, you you mentioned you had more questions do you want to pose one or should we go to the questions in q a we have right. a couple of questions yeah rashid i know you have questions so let, if you want to maybe pose one and then we can go to the questions online okay um I have a question actually for the three of you, um, and it, it's linked to something that, that Catherine asked about. Um, all of you have talked about how you plan or how you understand uh, these attacks to be directed. All of you have talked about, uh, the, two, the, two, the two of you, Sahar and Khalid, have talked about how they've impacted your organizations and what they're meant to do, these designations. Um, I wanna ask about Basically, taking taking Catherine's question further, assuming as I do that the Israeli occupation authorities can do pretty much anything they want to anybody under their control, including your organizations, including you as individuals, including the people who work in your organizations, uh, and as Sahar herself said, this is intended to cut off funding, uh, which means it's intended, among other things, uh, to affect uh, groups like uh, the foundation that Maria mentioned. Uh, has already been uh, 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 threatened with a suit uh, for its support of some of your organizations. How do each of you think uh, this specific drive here in the United States, and I assume similar drives are taking place in Europe because many of the funding organizations are also European, how do we counter this? What is the best way? Uh, solidarity is fine, but there is a well-funded, well-oiled, a heavily lawyered uh, uh, campaign launched by multiple groups in the United States, supported by the Israeli Foreign Ministry, by the, the thing that used to be called the Ministry of Strategic Affairs, which has now been folded into the Israeli Foreign Ministry, which coordinates the activities of organizations across Europe and multiple organizations in the United States, um, and which simply repeat Israeli talking points and then turn them into what they call lawfare legal warfare against advocates of Palestinian rights. You have been experienced in, in Palestine for decades. Um, and we are now have been experiencing it here for many, many years. How do we counter this warfare? Uh, first, Sahar and, and Khalid, and then uh, uh, I throw it over to Maria. Sahar? I think uh, it should be done more or less in the same way. Whenever we find a chance to uh, go against them legally and to sue them, we should use it. But also it's very important to disclose as much as we can information, facts from the ground that uh, it clearly shows the lying and the manipulation and the misuse of the information coming from the Israeli military prosecution files presented in the military courts in these cases and in other cases. And I think what we should uh, pressure for now on the level of the State Department is not to take any uh, um, decision 
on the American side, like not to list any of these organizations uh, based on this Israeli information, because this is would be the end. Actually, uh, Israel pointed to the, uh, um, like they use this decision in order to affect mostly the banks. We know that all the banking system is controlled by the United States. And if the United States take any action, that's the end. No one can anymore channel any, uh, 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 anything to these organizations and not just to these organizations. I mean, it's very serious uh, 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 the way how they are using these tools against civil society and not just in Palestine. You mentioned as in the United States, in other places. And this is why it's very important now on the international level, the, the issue of the uh, uh, protection and defense for the human rights community. With, if, if it's very easy to uh, classify human rights organizations as anti-terror organizations, I think this is, will undermine the whole system of human rights. And this is, as the human rights commissioner said herself, this is really manipulation of the laws of the anti-terror that were developed after September 11th. We should stop this. Thank you. Khaled, do you want to say anything? Please. Father. Yeah, I'd like to say a few words, like uh, uh, even through uh, during the 2019, 18, 18, 19, 20, we uh, were subject to different attacks from uh, the Israeli uh, UK lawyers for Israel, Israeli organization in UK. So we, after different attacks, we decided to prosecute them in the British uh, legal system but unfortunately after a few uh, months we discovered that we have no enough financial capacity to continue the case because we have to pay like uh, to put as a guarantee amount of half million bound in the court account as a guarantee if we lose the case so as an organization we have no such amount uh, to continue the prosecution and then we stopped we reach a settlement at least to silence them. And we, of course, we silent UK lawyers for Israel uh, since that time until now. But of course, the others are continue the, the work of UK lawyers like NGO Monitor and others. So uh, I think as a Palestinian human rights organizations and even international organizations, still we are like in a defensive way, just receive attacks and respond to the attacks. But we have, I think, this is the time to to, to develop our strategy to start attack them. Uh, yesterday we met with the uh, diplomatic uh, missions in Palestine and uh, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs were uh, also attended the Palestinian Ministry. And uh, we agreed in such in some points to start to designate even Israeli right wing group uh, to label them as a terrorist uh, groups like uh, those youth of uh, mountains and others who attack the Palestinian the settlers and uh, of course the Israeli army we failed in the to use the international mechanism like to list Israel in the shame list the Israeli army in the shame list but we'll start to work with uh, human rights organization with our uh, supporters around the world to, to, to try to find such a way to designate and to attack and to prosecute such groups. 
and I think this is the time to to start such a process. Yeah. Yeah, I Wanna agree. Add anything? I I agree. I mean, you know, we have to obviously defend accusations and defend people, and that's something people should. If people need defense, they should call CCR or Palestine Legal. But we also have to go on the offense. We have to use it as an opportunity to educate people about. Israel and what an authoritarian and repressive regime it is and and demand that Israel stop displacing, detaining, killing, repressing Palestinians, stop constructing new Jewish only settlements. And we have to put pressure on the US and unconditional aid and support to Israel. I mean, we I think about the the BDS, you know, issues and you know, Ben and Jerry's recently decided to not, you know, to stop selling ice cream in the settlements. And, you know, the Israeli president called it a new kind of terrorism. You know, in, in the US, more than half of the states have passed anti-BDS laws uh, about Israel. And, and then Israel sent them letters saying, you need to go after Ben and Jerry's because of this. And New York state recently pulled out, you know, $100 million in its pension funds out of Unilever because of its subsidiary Ben and Jerry's. So it's, but those are, you know, each of these states, it's an opportunity for people to talk to legislators about, not only about BDS, but about Israel's repression. And uh, this is, you know, again, the, the more and more extreme measures taken by Israel and its apologists are because of the growing movement for Palestinian liberation, because it's, it's, it's working. So it is, it is a threat. And, and I think we just need to continue doing what we're doing. Well, one of the things that's very clear is that uh, this is intended to have it, these these actions by the Israeli government are intended to have a chilling effect. They're intended to distract and divert Palestinian organizations, both in Palestine and those that support Palestinian rights outside from their efforts. Uh, and they're meant to to be very costly, as Khalid said, uh, half a million pounds uh, were required. Uh, to uh, to uh, put forward a suit in, in, in the United Kingdom. Um, there are many things one could think of. Uh, Khaled mentioned treating Israeli organizations as terrorist organizations. Um, obviously, for that to happen in the United States, uh, we would have to show that a terrorist act uh, under US law affected a US citizen. There are many Palestinian Americans who maybe have been affected by settler attacks. Um, those could be the basis for uh, legal action against American organizations which openly fund the most aggressive settlements uh, from which these terrorist attacks proceed. Uh, it would be costly. It would be a diversion from our efforts, but if it were part of a campaign um, which, to do what Maria is saying, which is to use this law to highlight uh, abuse, uh, which is you know what the late Michael Ratner, the, one of the founders of the Center for Constitutional Rights, always understood that law in and of itself can be used for all kinds of purposes. But one of the most important purposes it can be used for is to illuminate issues around rights, to illuminate issues around justice. Um, and I think that uh, there are many, I, I'm not a lawyer, obviously, three or four of you are, all of you in fact are. Um, so I'm the least qualified to talk about this. Um, should we now go to the questions? Uh, we have another 25 minutes or so. Uh, why don't we go to the questions? Um, I have a question uh, from Walid Khalaf, who asks, what is the Palestinian Authority's action against these allegations on the ground? And I know that Khaled sort of partially answered that by saying that the foreign ministry 
was uh, was at this meeting. But would either of you, Sahar or or Khaled, care to respond to this question? Actually, the Palestinian Please. Authority, yeah, the Palestinian Authority position was very clear from day one. Uh, the Prime Minister uh, issued a statement saying that they reject, and the Ministry of Interior as well, uh, that we are registered under, they uh, issued a statement clearly that we are legal organizations according to the Palestinian Authority. The President himself uh, asked, like requested to meet us, and he was saying it clearly. And I think in the last two days, this issue was raised even in the uh, conference uh, that was for the country donating for the PA, that the position that they reject uh, this uh, decision. But uh, because I think it also put the PA under a huge responsibility while we are talking about anti-terror laws in the areas under the jurisdiction of the PA, at the first hand, it should be under the responsibility of the PA. So Israel, by designating us, they didn't took in consideration at all the existence of the PA and the security of the PA at all. And this is why I believe as well, it's the interest of the Palestinian Authority to defend us and to back us and to refuse this Israeli uh, um, designation. Uh, yeah. Do you have any response? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. said that uh, the president uh, raised the issue, and uh, even uh, the president raised the issue yesterday with the U.S. Uh, ambassador in the U.N. about uh, the designation of the sex organization. But uh, also the prime minister, uh, even yesterday we met eight ministers. They came to Al Haq, and we met them there. All of them, they show their solidarity. They open eight, eight their offices to us. Eight, eight ambassadors? In fact, no, no, the ministers. Uh, the ministers of, the, of the Palestinian Authority. The ministers, we met uh, uh, yeah, eight Palestinian ministers, and they promised to give us their offices and all the resources to continue the work. But at the end, as we know that until now, all the Palestinian the BLO uh, groups or parties are considered according to the Israeli military orders as a terrorist organizations. So at the conclusion, they are going to say to us that we'll come in our club. We become like them, designated <laughs> as a terrorist. But uh, they have no power. Yeah, they have no power to, 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 to put the pressure in Israel. Just they're receiving attacks, receiving attacks and keeping uh, so yeah, they have good position position in politics, but in fact, nothing for us, the, the effects. Uh, one more question for both of you uh, from another questioner. Um, given the publicity, the negative publicity that this Israeli designation has generated uh, and the, the absence of any support from even any, even European countries normally friendly to Israel, do either of you think there's any chance that this designation may be retracted by Israel? You can give a yes or no answer to that if you wish. <laughs> Sahar, please go ahead. I don't think they 
would cancel this decision. But this is why the political pressure is very important. And the political saying in, in deciding to continue the support and not to take these allegations into any local actions from states or uh, the European Union as such, this is, would be a very clear message to the Israelis. Even you keep the designation, you will not be able to implement it. We will continue to support. And this is why it's very important for us, all this campaign to continue and to maintain the pressure till we reach this point where all the states declare clearly their position. Um, one, yeah. uh, go ahead, Khaled, please. Yes, and our demand yesterday, we met uh, with BLO, we met uh, about uh, 30 uh, diplomatic mission in Palestine. And our main demand from them was to show their, not only solidarity, their position that they are rejected against the decision, the designation, and to show that they are going to support, to continue the cooperation and support. In this case, I believe that that will put Israel in a position, maybe it is a political and security decision, which is not easy to reverse from, but our demand is to reverse. But even that, if they feel that they are rejected, that they, their argument rejected from all the states, they will keep it like to freeze it and not to implement it. If they are going to implement it, then will, they will be in a conflict with all the states, those who are supporting, because the money comes from them, they confiscate the money, then they will create a new conflict with them. So I hope that they will keep in their position, behind their position, uh, to reject uh, this decision and to continue the support and cooperation with us. There's another question. Again, I'm, I'm, all of these seem to be directed to you two. I have one for you, Maria, just a minute. Um, uh, and this is a question, will any of your six organizations appeal this designation? I, I think one of you has mentioned, uh, has, has spoken to this, and I'm not sure if a, if a designation by the Israeli occupation authorities can be appealed. Would either of you care to speak to this, Khaled uh, or, or Saha? As we agreed, and they said only we ask for an extension because extension for the, to appeal, but uh, it does not mean that we are going to appeal. Until now, we are uh, this decision is under discussion, and if they will, yani mostly we are not going to, to to appeal because they build all the argument according to secret information. So secret information, how to protect, how to defend. We talked about it, so it's useless. Sahar. I would just add that uh, there's more than 400 uh, Palestinian different organizations group are designated. No one, one single case when the case in front of the military system or the Israeli high court. And since the uh, uh, founding of this anti-terror uh, law of 2016, also inside Israel, there's no one single case that succeeded in such legal procedures. And this is why most probably there's no point to try and put efforts in these uh, uh, appeals or petitions. Uh, thank you, uh, both Rashid, of you. 
Can yes, I Catherine, go just, ahead, please. Just for, for just for a second, I think this this idea of uh, as a as as a form of political resistance trading in um, the the concept of who is a terrorist and throwing it back at the Israeli government or various of its um, subdivisions is an appealing tactic. Um, and I, I just wanted to invite Maria to talk a little bit. She began her remarks with, we gotta get out of this terrorism frame. We have to stop using that frame. And I know a lot of the domestic work that we do, um, I used to be on the board of the Center for Constitutional Rights and was very familiar that there was an, an ethos of trying to find alternative framings than turning always to terrorism as a way to describe collective violence directed at communities that we we cared about or went or were in alliance with so you think about police violence there are many who would want to say it was a form of domestic terrorism and i know ccr has resisted that frame for principled reasons i also want to acknowledge that in palestine there's a lot less room to be pure um, and to take tactics to pursue tactics that are um, that don't have complexity because everything has complexity for Palestinian lawyers and activists. So I, I don't wanna imply that, um, that we should hold our politics up to some un, impossible standard, but I guess I wanted to invite a, uh, some reflections on what it is for us to deploy the terrorism frame against a much more powerful entity like the Israeli government, um, um, rather than perhaps, or maybe at the same time, pursuing alternative frames that may in the longer run be more productive. For any of you, Maria, specifically in the US Maria, context, Maria, but. Maria first, perhaps. Well, I mean, I would love to hear about others' thoughts, but you know, we have frames. We have international humanitarian law. We have international human rights law. We have criminal law. We have, and again, their laws aren't perfect. There's, you know, they were also made by the powerful, but it's clear that anti-terrorism laws are, you know, the state determining who, who can't do what and, and it doesn't apply equally to all so i think i think we have what we need um and i and i don't know that it's helpful it is maybe helpful conceptually to talk about you know israel's reign of terror and targeting of civilians um but i don't know that uh, actually applying the law like you said catherine uh to others as well is any more helpful because it's going to be used always against the less powerful. It's always gonna be used against um, the communities who are being oppressed um, because that's its nature. I actually have a, a number of other questions, um, which uh, unless Khaled and, and, and Sahar wanna speak to, to, to Catherine's question. No, Khaled, do you, would you like to say anything? No? Okay. I, I'm not hearing you. Sorry, your your sound is off. Yes, uh, there was cut in the internet. I I missed the question. No, I just I just asked if you had any response to Catherine's question, or okay. should I go on to another question? Uh, I have nothing. Why don't you right? pick up another question, Rashid? Yeah. Um, well, there there are a couple, and they're directed uh, mainly. I think these several of these are directed to uh, to uh, Maria. Uh, you can maybe see them in the chat in the Q&A, uh, uh, Ella asks, how likely is it that the US will add any of the organizations to their list? Uh, Samia asks, has there been any reaction from China or Russia? So those are two questions, maybe Maria first, and then and then Khaled and, and Sahar. Uh, 
how, mean, how likely do you think it is that the United States is going to add these organizations? I don't think it's likely at all. I mean, you know, the State Department spokesperson came out and said, we believe respect for human rights, fundamental freedoms, and a strong civil society are critically important for responsible and responsive governance. That's I, but I don't think it's enough. And and you know, it's members of Congress have called on uh, the executive to to come out strong. I mean, they you know, members of government have met with these groups. You know, what it's it's it doesn't benefit them either. Um, but again, I don't I don't think it's enough for them to just not designate them. I think they need to to come out and say these you know we support these organizations the accusations are false and and they are not considered terrorists in our book um and and again pressure israel to do the same uh, 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 Please. I'm not aware if Russia or China uh, dealt or made any statement on this case but uh, I like beside what Maria was saying about the framework, I think it's very important to highlight that the difference in our context that we are still under occupation and the Palestinian Authority is not an independent state yet, but it was recognized under the UN system as a state that is able to sign international agreements, international treaties. And this is why I highlighted that on the anti-terror regulations and the fight against terror, it should be the responsibility of the Palestinian Authority, not the Israeli occupation. And this is very important because here, in this case, I don't think Israel is really have anything related to their security. If we are really causing a very direct, immediate threat to the security of the state of Israel, why we are still free, me and Khaled? And I'm touring now around the world for this cause. It's ridiculous. It's not related to security. It's total manipulation for the rules, the laws, and the international law on this case. Khaled, do you have anything you want to add? Yeah, but uh, back to the U.S., I think uh, if, uh, uh, يعني, as the uh, uh, Biden administration promised uh, to change, I think this is the time to change the, uh, the behaviors and the policy that uh, Trump used to, to behave in, in the Palestine case. Uh, so this is the case, the human rights case, the international law case. Uh, I think uh, they have to behave in a different way. Until now, what they did is, uh, I can consider it not green light to continue for the Israeli. It's a partnership in the crime. They have to change, uh, to stand behind the international law. Uh, and as uh, organizations, we are ready to be prosecuted in any fair trial court around the world, but not in the Israeli legal uh, system or the military system, because both of them experienced for tens of years with no justice for the Palestinian. Uh, I have, there's a question here, which isn't really a question. I'm going to say something about it. Um, and then I, I hope the three of you uh, can say something, maybe Maria first, and then Sahar or Khalid. Uh, 
And it, it, the question is, wouldn't applying the terrorist designation to non-government groups in the occupied territories help to raise awareness, awareness of the issue in the United States? Uh, is the issue that advocates want to focus all efforts on the Israeli government and that identifying private parties who facilitate attacks would somehow dilute their efforts? My initial reaction when the Israeli uh, government came out with this designation is that they had uh, overstepped even their outrageous uh, uh, previous limits on what on what what the what the Israeli government would do. Uh, these are highly respected organizations, all six of them. They have absolutely nothing. There's absolutely no way that they can in any way be uh, accused of having anything to do with terrorism. Uh, and the flimsy evidence has now been blown apart by every every party to whom the Israelis have so far shown that evidence. Um, I, I actually think that this is this is an opportunity. Um, I think all of your organizations, I think, are using it. Sahar mentioned that she's, you know, going around speaking. Um, we are having this panel. That I've seen two other panels on this topic. Uh, I think that this is an incredibly important educational opportunity. Um, and two questions, uh, uh, and I, I, I'll throw it out to the three of you, maybe first to Maria, that, that are related to this. Um, say, maybe is this the time, is this maybe the time to try and challenge the U.S. terrorist designations? of some Palestinian organizations, uh, specifically the PFLP or others. Uh, uh, the American terrorist list is long, uh, and I don't know what the process is uh, for challenging it. Uh, I don't know if either Maria or Catherine or either of the two of you, uh, Sahar and Khalid, have anything that you could say about this. Maria? I, I think it very well could be. Um, I mean, that's another way to go on the offense, challenge challenge the whole framework, challenge the fact that there are, you know, many Palestinian organizations on there like the PFLP. Um, and there is, you know, there was another question about, about other human rights organizations. As I mentioned, you know, more than 300 human rights groups signed on in support um, of, these, of these organizations and against the designations. And uh, we are continuing to talk about, about ways that we can challenge, use this, challenge this, um, how we can go further. So yeah, we appreciate any and all ideas. I think- Catherine, do you want to say anything about uh, this? I do, but I'll, I'll defer to Sahar first. So, so Khaled, Sahar, Sahar, Khaled, either of you, please. I think the same uh, point was raised lately in the last week by European uh, uh, civil society organizations because it's also the European list that have uh, seven Palestinian political parties listed and it caused so many different implications. But I would prefer to highlight, as I said before, in the international level, there is a serious problem with these anti-terror laws in, in most of the countries that uh, they uh, initiated such laws and started to implement them. A couple of weeks ago, a amnesty office was shut down in, in, in uh, uh, Taiwan, if I'm not mistaken, and based on the same allegations as the terrorism uh, uh, involvement. This is ridiculous that uh, states are using democratic and undemocratic states are uh, using the anti-terror laws in a very bad way against uh, a criticism and other uh, human rights uh, demands. So I think this is, should be 
an initiative on the global level, in the UN level, to really put more restrictions and conditions in implementing uh, these laws in uh, respect of human rights and international treaties to protect human rights. Yes, uh, a few words, yeah. Uh, the designation of the, uh, the, 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 not the designation, the list, the EU list, and even the US list, the terrorist list, uh, this was under discussion uh, with the Palestinian BLO a few days ago, and we argued them to appeal and to follow the case in Europe and in the US. They promised to study it because, as I mentioned before, most of the Palestinian uh, functions uh, or parties are still recognized uh, as a terrorist in Israeli system, but in Europe and in the US, at least five or six Palestinian organizations or parties are listed without any fair trial court, just they listed according to Israeli information or security information from the Israeli side. So I believe that they have the right to be uh, to appeal or to follow this case. Uh, for the effects of our, the campaigns uh, that uh, now we are uh, running around the world, we used before to expose the Israeli policies according to our capacity with our networks and uh, focusing on the work that we are doing. But now they gave us more uh, networks, uh, more uh, yani, like uh, what you mentioned a few minutes ago, the meet, this meeting and other meetings, they gave us more and more uh, space uh, to attack and even to uh, uh, expose the Israeli policies. And we are, in yani, this case, by designating such an uh, effective organization, human rights organization, a well-known organization, and most of our organizations are affiliated to international uh, human rights organization around the world. I think it is, uh, uh, it's back, uh, negative impact for the Israeli decision around the world now. Um, maybe, maybe I'll leave the last word to you, Catherine. <laughs> it's true. We are we are close to the end of our time. We are and it's very also, close, yeah. and it's it's late in Palestine, and I want to thank our our guests for joining us um, so late in the evening. Um, but in terms of one of the ways that I think we could sub subvert, <clears throat> excuse me, the strategy <clears throat> is for each of us to <clears throat> sorry <clears throat> make a contribution to all six of these organizations. And see the terrorism um, designation as a kind of seal of approval for those of us globally. My apologies for losing my voice all of a sudden. So I'm going to send $10 to each of these organizations. You should too. We have over 100 people on this call. Um, and that will undermine what they're doing, I think, in really significant ways. There are 100 people still on the call. There were over 20 <coughs> at the height. Right. Um, and that is an, that is an idea. Um, one of the things that this is intended to do is to cut off funding to these organizations and to intimidate people and to chill speech. Um, so anything anybody can do to challenge this on a personal level or on a collective level, I'm sure will be welcome. Um, this is a bridge too far. 
they've overreached. Uh, and I, I, the, the fact that the reaction so far has been quite negative in Europe and in the United States is, I think, evidence of that. And I think that, that, that the pendulum is, is, is in some ways beginning to swing back. It's very hard to see, maybe from Palestine. But as someone who has watched events in the United States for many, many decades um, and has lived in the United States more than, more than half of my life, uh, we are in a new moment in the United States as far as openness to the issue of Palestine and openness to support for Palestinian rights and questioning of Israel's policies and actions. And uh, I think this is, a, this is a terrible challenge, obviously, but it's also an enormous opportunity. I want to thank Sahaf and, and uh, Khalid who stayed up uh, until 9.15 Palestine time <laughs> to be with uh, our audience. I want to thank Maria, uh, who's here in New York with, with me, um, for uh, participating. I want to thank CCR for all of their enormous efforts. Uh, I should say on behalf of, of the Center for Palestine Studies, which Catherine and I are both involved with, and on behalf of the Institute for Palestine Studies in Washington, DC, and with, with offices in Beirut and Ramallah, we are honored to um, be able to feature uh, voices like Sahar's, voices like Khalid's, voices like uh, Maria's uh, for all of our organizations, uh, which are dedicated to informing people about issues having to do with rights. And in the case of Institute for Palestine Studies and the Center at Columbia for Palestinian Rights, for Palestine Studies, um, dedicated to focusing on Palestine. Uh, for us, this has been a very, very, I, I hope everybody's enjoyed it and, and, and benefited from it as much as I have.